It's Friday, October 22nd. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, Students Fight Back. A group of students fed up with a book ban in their school district join us for a special edition of The Pen Pod, reflecting on their own activism and the freedom to learn. I'm Stephen Fee. That's ahead on The Pen Pod. What does it take for a group of students to take on a book ban in their school? How might the next generation of students lead the charge against censorship and defend the freedom to learn? How is the national debate over race and equity supercharging a new wave of literary activism? Now you'll hear, in their own words, the story of three students and a teacher from York, Pennsylvania, where a student-led movement helped overturn a pernicious book-banning effort. The students are Ed Hagupta, Christina Ellis, and Rebecca Delgado. The teacher is Patricia Jackson. The interview was produced and recorded by PEN America's own Jonathan Friedman. Take a listen. Basically, I found out about this book ban in September after the email sending the list of teachers had been sent out in August. I found out by a secondary source, um, a local newspaper called the York Dispatch, which posted a article on the whole situation and what was happening with the book ban. As soon as I read it, I was infuriated, shocked, and, and disappointed. I, I was feeling a myriad of negative emotions. Um, and I knew I had to do something. So... Because, you know, this ban was infringing upon our education as students, and not only students, but students of color. This ban was preventing younger students in elementary schools from knowing their full potential, knowing their history, and realizing their ancestry. So I knew that this ban was going to have very detrimental effects, not just on us, but on the whole district. And, you know, we are seniors, but I wanted to leave a better district for the classes that were going to come after me. Um, And it was even more infuriating because I also, when I initially found out, I felt betrayed. Um, Last March, I had talked to the board and had Zoom conversations with them, talking about their concerning comments regarding the um, the school curriculum and incorporating more diversity resources. At those meetings, they had seemed quite, you know, encouraging of my endeavors and our endeavors as students of the Panther Anti-Racist Union at the time. We had suggested, you know, more diversity education at the elementary level and an African-American studies course at the high school level. So when I found out about this, this ban was definitely a slap in the face. So the Panther Anti-Racist Union was founded last year, 2020, in September. So we are the second generation of officers for the Panther Anti-Racist Union. Um, We started this group to bring about diversity awareness within our community, within the school, mainly the high school, but it's changed to, you know, bring diversity awareness within the community. And a lot of people think that we just protest and are activists, and that is part of who we are, but we are also a big part of education and a safe space for students to come and talk about diversity and things of that nature and for educational space. And we want to, you know, do community outreach, yes, but we also want to teach the kids within the school, you know, that it's a safe place to learn about things like um, racism and things of that nature in an educational and safe way. I know a lot of parents and teachers 
had seen the email from the school board about the book ban and were kind of questioning what was going on because they were not in the loop of everything that was happening previously. But a lot of our parents especially, we kind of dragged them into this to give us rides, um, <laughs> like buy us posters, materials for posters, and stuff like that. And they are more than willing to help us with the cause. Yeah, uh, kind of going back to what Olivia said, we saw the either the email or the York Dispatch article of what was happening at our school, and we wanted to take immediate action and honestly didn't want to ask anybody for permission because we knew we had to do it. Discussions of this decision um, started in November of 2020, so almost a full year ago. Then, as these discussions heightened, and um, actually these discussions kind of started, you know, mostly after the George Floyd protests, um, and then they started amplifying, and um, they got to the point where this actually happened. Now, so dur during the duration of this November to August period, where teachers um, were sent that email in August, not many people were even aware that this was happening. I, as a student, found out in September, a whole month after the teachers had found out from a secondary source article. So this information was not really disseminated in any way, and I can, I can imagine the reason for that, looking at our outcries for change. Um, but, you know, I, I, would, I have reason to believe that this decision was made by a small group of people, uh, of board members, and only some parents in the district who actually wanted this decision to be um, enacted. Um, as a teacher, if I could um, give some input, um, there was a discussion, a diversity committee that was brought together in the summer of 2020. So we were aware of books that were making a few people unhappy, um, a few people in elected positions unhappy. Um, and what happened is there was a protest in September. It was a peace rally to support diversity, diversity um, education, and diversity and equity. Um, everything sort of started to simmer down a little bit and things got quiet because teachers were intimidated by right to know requests. Um, people got scared and sort of went alongside quietly because nothing had been disseminated to teachers saying you can't teach these materials. So no one knew, no one said anything. So it was business as usual. And then suddenly August 2021 rolls around and this list of banned resources comes out and everyone's blinking like, what happened? Where did this come from? And that's sort of where it all started. Um, as a black woman, white fear is a real thing for me. And I understand some people get worried and concerned. Um, but that's where discussion comes into the classroom at the high school level. So I'm looking at some of the pieces and I'm going, oh, you might bristle a little bit. I'm thinking I might bristle at some of those things. But the classroom is where you come together, where you trust your teachers, you trust your educators and respect their authority to do what they need to do 
to help the children understand what it means to get along, where the mistakes were made and make sure mistakes aren't made again. What was shocking to me was the number of children's books that were banned. Children's books about self-love, self-acceptance, loving your hair, loving your skin color, loving other people, regardless of their ethnicity, their religion, their skin color. That was shocking to me because there's no excuse under the sun how you can look at a book like I Am Enough or the story of Rosa Parks and even utter the syllables CRT. Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to say that equality and you know feeling included in your school by your teachers, by your peers, feeling seen, feeling heard, and loving yourself is something that should already be included in the school curriculum. It is not something that should be protested for. But if it is something that we have to protest for, I have no problem doing that. I've been a student at this district for 12 years since I was in preschool. And because of the discrimination I faced, because of the stagnant, you know, in education about where I came from, my culture and my, in myself, there was a lot of, you know, ignorance that I faced and, and things that hurt me personally, that wounded me so much so that it, it is still taking me a long time to recover and heal and love myself and be that person um, to fully embrace my culture and my ethnicity and my background. So I know how important these resources are to students and I will fight for students and we will fight for students as much as we need to to make sure that these materials are in the classroom because as much as people think it doesn't matter it really does you know people say well they're not taking off they're not taking them off the shelves even if they're not taking them off the shelves our teachers are afraid to use these books about inclusion and diversity in their read-alouds and what type of message is the board sending to students of color in the district by banning these materials in the first place? So it, it's not a technicality to um, get off on. I, I, I just wanted to emphasize that. Um, and so I think our work is so important here. And I also wanted to add that, you know, as Olivia and Christina said, that just because this book ban was reversed, that doesn't make, you know, racism disappear from this district, discrimination appear, disappear from this district. It is still a very prevalent thing that I know exists. And the Panther Anti-Racist Union will continue to foster that safe space for voices that are against discrimination in any way and voices that don't feel amplified and heard enough in the school system we are living in now. If I could add that, um, a lot of people think that we're trying to force these uh, books that were banned down people's throats, and that's not true. The, the books were supposed to be a additional resource for students and for teachers. And so we're not saying that every kid in the school district must know all these books from to back cover to cover and thoroughly. That's not what we're saying. But they shouldn't be taken away. The option of these books should not be taken away from students. This is a public school. This is a public district. Therefore, it being open to public kids, meaning they're going to be different kids from various backgrounds. And if I don't, in my opinion, I think it's unacceptable for a little black girl who's in a public school, goes to a library and can't find a book that represents her. I think it's unacceptable that if a little Indian girl or boy or whoever goes to a library, 
uh, of the public school and cannot find a book that represents them. And that's the problem. That's the issue. And that's our episode for Friday, October 22nd. Join us next week for the Pen Pod. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at Pen America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Stephen Fee for Pen America. This is the Pen Pod. See you soon. Thank you.